Okay, ladies and gentlemen, here we go again with Roger Adams' Master Trainer podcast. This one we've been working on for quite some time, really looking forward to how this conversation unfolds. And the reason for that is I'm going to introduce you to one of my closest friends, which is Paul. Now, um, we're doing the polls over in the UK, so we're doing this via phone. So hopefully the sound quality will be sound quality will be good enough for everybody. This is part one in hopefully a four-part series looking at all things to do with training. Uh, so we hope you enjoy the information that we're going to give you. Um, an introduction to Paul. Um, we met well over 20 years ago, and since then we've been swapping ideas on everything to do with training. Um, training styles, diet protocols, pre-contest preparation, off-season growth, you name it. Paul and I have chatted about it over the last 20 years. With Paul's contacts in, in the training world over in England, his, uh, his information is bang up to date. Um, and he's seen the latest ideas in new physiques, new developments, all the way uh, to uh, IFBB pro athlete status. In the previous podcast, I spoke about bodybuilding being a very personal journey of self-discovery. And I think Paul embodies this from his own experience in that um, over the last 20 years, he's practiced just about every aspect of various training protocols and is therefore his knowledge on himself on his own uh on his own body is just exceptional so i hope you enjoy where this might go um so without any further ado welcome to the podcast mate how are you good morning roger i'm very well how are you not too bad at all man not too bad at all i've been looking forward to this for a long time so let's uh, let's get stuck into it um <clears throat> Thanks for coming on board to the podcast. Like I say, what, what we want to do is try and cut through some of the fog of confusion, of information overload, and to be quite frank, some of the bullshit that's out there around loads of training topics, I'm sure you'll agree. Um, but particularly around today's topic, which is diet and nutrition. Um, so, I mean, look, I'm, I'm sure you'll back me up on this one. It ain't rocket science, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Now, you know, uh, we're putting this information out there for people to take on board. In one sense, you can shortcut your journey by looking for wisdom, trying to find a really good personal trainer or, or just somebody as a voice of experience like yourself. Some people have the time, however, to be really interested in their body, in their sport and, and what they're trying to achieve. And in the last podcast, I mentioned about kind of being a student of your sport. And if your sport's bodybuilding, trying to really absorb really good information. And I think it's one of the things that I've always admired about you. You've, you've done your research, you've practiced things. So 
would, would you, I'm sure you'll agree with that kind of perspective on, on the bodybuilding journey. fair to say you've, you've built a decent physique now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, it's been hard work, but I've enjoyed the hard work, if that makes sense. I quite, quite enjoy the hard work of that. Um, mentally, it's great for, for me. And uh, other people that are really lucky, they can go in the gym and potter about and still look good. I don't have that ability. And to be honest, I don't really want to do that. I want to go, go in, mess, mess stuff up, make myself and go home it's not the best way to grow muscle it's not the best way to do other things but I enjoy that and, and that's a big part of somebody's journey in a gym is enjoying something if you don't enjoy it you won't do it and, and that's quite simple as well really unless you've got a specific plan of you need to do something you have to stick to that obviously but to gen- a generalisation of going to somebody going to the gym go and do something you really enjoy in there and you will stick to it that's quite simple yeah, bottom line is it, it, it's part of your uh, 
is part of your pastime. It's your hobby. It needs to be fun. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think people, because of the internet, are losing the fun aspect of it. As in, oh, you can only train this way. Oh, you have to do this for these results. And, and it takes a bit. I know so many people quickly skipping off in the gym I train at the moment and for the gyms over the years. They don't want to train hard. They don't know how to train hard because oh, it says I said I've got to do three sets of eight and back off, and then I need to do another exercise at twelve to do this. It's like, man, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go in and let's, let's have training with kids twice my to, to half my age, and the, the I've had enough on the warm up. I went, mate, that's the warm up. And I'm like, what? And <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm being genuinely being serious. The warm up and the bad enough. And, and they've got a fair physique on them, but they don't know how to train hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, whereas me and you, we've been brought up with, with that in the background. That, that's the foundation is you have to train hard. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Blood and, um, blood and guts, yeah. as Dorian Yates used to say. Yeah, yeah kind of. Now, now, that doesn't work for everybody. And like I said earlier, it's not the best way probably for some people to build a physique but simply because it's really hard I'm not saying I train like Dorian years but what I do is I take a bit of everybody and apply to training yes that's philosophy so it can be it is hard and I like to go away and bust myself and go home yeah 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 um, you know there's certain ways and protocols that you have to follow if you want to try and develop in certain areas with, with all that with progress but I mean, we're talking about people who just maybe enjoy the gym or just starting in the gym. And like you said earlier, especially with diet and nutrition, it is so foggy. And at the moment, with the internet, oh my, where do we go with this? Well, you've got to be vegan, you've got to be, oh, paleo, no, you've got to be keto, no, no, you've got to have loads of carbs. It's like, wow. Total confusion, yeah. Utter confusion. If you don't really know, where you are with it, with it all if, you, if you're just a new uh, I hate the word newbie but if you're, just, you're new to the game or you just want to get a little bit fitter or a bit stronger or you want to change your physique a bit because you're fed up with how you look where do you go well I'll, I'll, I'll simplify it straight away by just saying this yes and people will say what do you mean by yes I went yes they all work yeah, yeah. All, all diets work to some degree yeah they, yeah. they will if you're if you're a newbie a Yes, they will all work, and yes, every every any type of training style will work. And they'll say to me, "What do you mean by that?" It's because they actually all work as long as you apply yourself. By applying yourself, I mean go in, do it properly, do it hard, be consistent, and be consistent with the diet choice that you make, whether that be paleo, keto, veganism, whatever it may be. They will all work. And it's as simple as that. But you have to apply it consistently. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that one is better than the other or something like that, but there are certain people that will adapt better to a keto diet. There are certain people that need far more carbs than person Z. There's somebody who will benefit from a vegan diet. But unless you don't apply it and apply it for a certain amount of time, you won't know if it works or not. So Correct. If you take all that, what I've just said, in, in a short form, for me, personally, and this is what I do all year round now, personally, I eat a base of absolutely everything. Yeah. And, and what I mean by everything, I mean 
I eat red meat, I eat chicken, I eat fish, I eat high fat, I eat saturated fat, I eat lots of vegetables, I eat lots of fruit, I eat grains, I eat different types of carbs because I feel like, I feel like, I feel better, I feel like I look better and I feel like I perform better when I'm having a base of everything. Correct, yeah, yeah. I say that to people is because I'm getting healthy fats, I'm getting saturated because you still need saturated. I'm getting different types of carbs, I'm getting all my, my plant-based stuff, I'm getting everything because they all work synergistically with each other, as in one piggybacks on the other and how the vitamins and the minerals work and how, and how yeah, extract vitamins and minerals from other things because that works with that and that doesn't work with that. So if you eradicate all those different things and you stick to one thing, how can you possibly get the best of it? Yes. In yeah, my yeah, opinion yeah. and in my experience, just have everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, just, just, just bringing it back to, for, for, for people out there, also worthy of note, I think, is to be 100% honest with yourself and at the beginning of your journey, say, what is your aim? What do you want to achieve? And there are a number of things that influence that. You know, you've got, you've got to be realistic about your lifestyle. You know, at, at this point in time, you're a full-time professional firefighter. Uh, you work in shifts. You've got to fit training in around your family, around your shifts. You've just come off nights, so thanks for talking to yeah. us. So, yeah, yeah, I've just got, uh, yeah, and, and, that, and, that, and that's 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 a great thing that people need to put in, into their own lifestyle or in the whole owner as they set off. I've just come off a really, I'm, I'm not swear, a rubbish night shift. Um, I'm not. I have. I've set in my head already today. I'm not training today. I'm having a rest day. I need some nice food. I've, I've just taken my daughter to school. I've come home. I'm going to get to bed. When we finish, I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to pick her up from school. You know, so uh, you've got to be, you have got to be realistic in what you're doing. If you're a single lad and you've got nothing else or a single woman and you've got nothing else going off in your life other than looking after yourself, you can pretty much do and please as you want as in follow a diet plan because you, you're the master of your own destiny with it. Would you not agree with that? As oh, in, absolutely, 100%. If you want to try a keto diet, which we'll want to later, I have tried it, and I've tried it with great success as well. But, however, to try and do that and to get into ketosis when you've got a child or a kid and you're working shifts, blah, 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 it is hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, so people have got to be mindful of that. You That's a fantastic point you've made, uh, as in, saying that you've got to set your plan out and, and know what your lifestyle is at that moment or your work routine and everything and and work it out through that as well. There's no point being unrealistic and you need to be realistic as in, you know, there's only certain people who are going to be IFBB pros. There's only certain people can look a certain way. What way do you, be honest with yourself, do you, what do you like to look like but what do you think you can look like? Because they're two very different things. Absolutely, 100%. I, I, Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got to be mindful of that as well. So have you got, you know, have you got kids? What job does it entail? Have you just got a straight nine to five? Can you get eight, nine hours sleep every night? Can you train at six in the morning and eat rest of the day? Do you have to train at night? You know, all those different factors will impede on what plan you should put in place. Hmm. Let's talk about plans then, different strategies. 
Um, in, 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 I've gone by in, in business and in training and in, in my nutrition, there's a really, really, really simple strategy. And that is the rule of 80-20. Um, and that's be really strategic, well-planned and well-structured for 80% of your week. And then for the other 20% of your week, allow yourself to live a little bit because you've got to live, do you know? I mean, in in the I use this kind of strategy in in the in the off season. So if I if I'm not dieting for a competition, if I'm not dieting with something very specific in mind, for the majority of the week, for six days a week, I'll be very well structured, very well planned, pretty much the same thing every day at the same time because my my day is reasonably consistent. And and then maybe on a Saturday night we have a little bit of a breakout and what you know we go out for dinner whatever we do, and obviously bearing in mind we, you know we've we've a son and a daughter, so for me the eighty twenty rule is really simple. So for the eighty percent of my week, I then need a food strategy that's going to suffice suffice my training style and my lifestyle. So it then comes down to what food strategy do you choose? So and there are a number of directions we can go. And um, Paul and myself are now going to just just have a chat about different strategies. One that's very, very popular at the moment is intermittent fasting. Uh, and I suppose the reason why intermittent, intermittent fasting is very successful in enabling you to lose um, a little bit of body mass is that quite simply, you're missing out two meals of, 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 of your cycle in your week. So generally speaking, people would fast for... Um, three structured time periods over their seven days so if when i've tried it i would do sunday night into monday morning i'd do thursday night into friday morning and i'd do uh saturday night into sunday morning and then do a lot of cardio off the back of that so you could break your week up and you're simply stopping eating at say 6 p.m uh you're missing your breakfast maybe just having a black coffee doing a little bit of cardio or like for me i start work quite early in the morning so then your breakfast, if you like, then kicks in at 11, 12 o'clock the following day. So you're fasted for, you know, between 15, 16 hours. You're, you're quite simply missing out your evening meal on, a, on the night before and your breakfast. So over the week, you're in calorie deficit, uh, probably a day's worth of food. And you're just breaking that time period up over the week. Have you, have, have you tried intermittent fasting? Correct. So yeah. people need to be mindful of that as well. That just because your your buddy is trying intermittent fasting, lost a ton of ton of weight, looks great on it, doesn't mean to say it's going to have the same results with you. He might be quite comfortable with not having anything to eat for a long time, or or just condensing all his food into a short window in the day. Same amount of food, but condensing into a short window. He could be able to do that because his job allows that. Break it on the floor down, push it on 
training, not not as probably as powerful as I have been, but still be able to get through a good workout and get some good results with it. Drop a bit of body fat, but you are mindful as well that you're going to drop probably a little bit of muscle as well with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you've got to be mindful of that. And I wouldn't probably do it for somebody who's a newbie because you want them to try and kind of get into the red that they need to supply the body with nutrients through the day all the time yes probably just to get me to a good mindset I would say intermittent fasting is better for somebody that's done a bit of training and done a bit more eating and nutrition and stuff uh, and they know where the body is sort of thing somebody new at the game I probably wouldn't suggest it I'd suggest eating regular and eating properly and just training I think yeah I, I th- you made a good point there I think if you are going to apply the principle of intermittent fasting the, the caveat on the end of that is that at the point in time when you are putting your food in for that uh, eight or nine hour window, that food has to be really well put together, very well constructed. Yeah. And that, that's where I was going with it. To all too many people um, who have never maybe been to a gym before and want to go and, and, and are overweight, have bad, bad, bad food choices, they might see that intermittent fasting is really, really hungry. But in that other window, I can eat some food. Doesn't necessarily mean they're going to eat the right food. Yeah. You know, any, any food. <laughs> we can have, yeah, we can have, I to the, the good old internet. Well, if you treat your macros, I'm having 80 grams of fat and 200 grams of carbs and 200 grams of protein, and, but they're not bothered where that comes from. So they're like having a pot noodle and a stick, Snickers and a whatever and a whatever. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's not, it's not relevant to actually what they're doing, they're just sticking a load of food in a small window. Yeah. The same food that they were putting in usually like 12 hours. So I wouldn't do that for a new way. I'd just try to get the, the, those people into eating new, nutritious, healthy food over a span of 12, 15 hours. Yeah. Um, but for somebody who's been to a, got, got into the gym a little bit, knows a little bit what they're doing from, a, from somebody some advice, yeah, definitely give it a go. And it does work. And it does work more for some people than others. Some people absolutely swear by it. Other people say, I've tried it, it didn't really work for me. So, again, you've got to try these things. And you've got to be consistent with yeah. them. There's no, no use doing it for a week and go, Pop, didn't work for me. That's, that's not a trial. That's just, that's just starting it. So... Yeah, I mean, let, let's let's talk very quickly on that one. A, a, a reasonable trial period. I think you have to set your stall out to at least a two month, eight weeks, very consistent run. Give it time to work. Let the principle work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but 
you know, some people some people might be listening to this and they might think, well, I, I wouldn't mind reading more or, or maybe following in one particular author. Um, and, I, and I'm going to give you a name now. And the reason the reason why I like this guy's stuff is it's not specifically about bodybuilding. It's just it's just about general healthy lifestyle, which are 95 percent of, of, of clients in any gym. Um, and it's a guy called Patrick Holford. Now he's written a number of books. Um, you could probably get it even as an ebook if you wanted to listen to it. Um, but he's follows a very similar principle to yourself, mate. And that's you know take take your nutrition from all of your major food groups. Enjoy a balanced diet, not necessarily a massive amount of carbs, moderate carbs, really good quality protein, loads of veg, loads of salad. Do your oils, all that kind of stuff, and it's a really balanced, healthy lifestyle kind of process that that he advocates. And there are, you know, there are a number of um, written nutritionists out there that you know that are, that, that are well published in various uh, various books and, and manuals. Uh, but Patrick Alford's quite a good one to follow. I don't know if you've come across him, but he's he's a really good guy. tip and I've number one tip and I've said it a number of times on previous podcasts to, to people out there is learn to read a food label um, you know everything you buy now has to have a food label it has to have a breakdown but when when you pick up a, a, a package in in a in a supermarket have a quick glance at the food label and, and look at you know is it reasonably balanced is it something I want to shove in my head um, you know and compare different things so compare the food label on certain cereals and, and, and look for which one's absolutely loaded with sugar because that's the one you don't want to buy. Um, you know, and just just start to make healthy healthy choices. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, definitely, mate. Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, people, it's really hard because you want people to kind of educate themselves on, on things. So you would rather them know how to do it themselves than be able than I have to tell them, but it's really difficult because one, people are not interested, um, even when they come to a gym. I think the other examples of people I've trained, trained not with, but alongside over the years, they're not particularly, you know, as we're searching for a goal or reaching a goal, they just go and train hard, but then they eat what they want and they never, ever, ever look any different or feel any different what they are putting hours of graft in the gym. But they've never looked at the fact that I'm putting all these hours in gym grafting. Food. Never actually thought, <laughs> is it what I'm eating? And I'm being genuinely serious, genuinely, genuinely serious. Oh, well, I don't train because I eat allowing me to eat what I want. But that's kind of defeating all the object of it. You know, so. Absolutely. It, it doesn't, it, it doesn't. For some people, it's 
let's, let's, let's go back in time to when you and I started training and the, the old school cycle of uh, in the winter get massive, just shovel it in, almost triple your calorie intake. And then and then yeah. to, and then to eighteen weeks to fetch it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure we both done this. I did this when I was younger. I did the, I did the classic. You know, you've got, you you have a good you had a good base. You had a good base of protein, carbs, and fat. But if you wanted to, and I hate this word as well, bulk up, you rammed a lot more calories in. So you ate the it's more bread, and you ate the. And by the way, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with bread because there isn't. But you ate everything. And you doubled it and you tripled it just because you needed that you wanted the calories. But then what you found is you, you went up an extra half a stone than you were the year before, but it took you an extra five weeks to get off. So it was completely pointless. <laughs> and really, you might have been a pound or two heavier when you finished. So, yeah, totally pointless. Yeah, completely. Yeah, sort of real, real old school stuff. That, hmm. that, but, you know, we got that. That was in the books and that was in the magazines and that's what you did. So it were, it was we were saying at the beginning at the beginning of this podcast, it's a self journey to realise what actually does and doesn't work if you can take that all aboard. Um, I just want to make a quick point to what we were saying earlier about people learning about foods and going to a gym. Now I'm gonna give, give a little example of somebody if they are quite a bit overweight and they want to start going to a gym and have made lots of bad food choices up to that point. I think personally, as, as a coach, and I've been a coach myself and still am, I think personally, for you to take that person that is quite overweight and have bad food choices, for them to give them a complete 180 and say, right, you've now got to be eating these foods because these are no good, doesn't actually work a lot of the time because you're asking them to completely change everything, to take away everything that they've ever known. So not only are you putting a gym in front of them or a walk or something, you are now asking them to say, you're never eating a donut ever again, you're never doing that. So for me, for me, it's slightly controversial, but I know it works because I've seen it and I've done it and I've applied it, is take that person and just ask them to lower the food intake of whatever they're having over a period of six to eight weeks. So say the same food choices of what they're doing, but lower them slowly, 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 slowly. So you're slowly taking them away, the dreaded sugar and the dreaded fats and whatever. You're slowly removing them. You're not taking them out straight away to cold turkey. You're asking them to eat the same, but you're slowly removing it and reducing it down. And then after eight weeks, you slowly introduce other things that they're still eating the same other things. And then it's just, it's a slow shift of things over a six month period. So before you know it, they're eating the things that they used to eat, but they're only eating for a tenth of the time and they're eating more clean foods. What, what do you think about that? 100% mate. It's, it's the, the problem with fad diets is the rebound effect after you come off that diet. Cause you think, right, I'm, I'm following this plan for six weeks. I can just about manage that. Part of that process is like you say, cold Turkey going off the foods that you normally uh, would eat instantly uh your brain goes into a scramble your body goes into a scramble you manage to complete the diet process and fair enough you may have lost 12 pounds you may have lost even 18 pounds but then what do you look like six months later when you've gone back off that diet plan to what you were doing before because that actually satis- satisfies your mental state yeah that's, that's, that's a huge huge thing a lot of this stuff in any in any I said sport, but I mean anything that anybody's doing in their life is your mental 
capacity. So either do it for a period of time or do it all the time or whatever. And if you take away those those foods that satisfy that part of the brain, it's a cold turkey aspect, but also it's not realism. It's not that person is not in a real world where they will not eat that. Listen, I eat chocolate. I, I eat a bag of crisps. I, I go and have a takeaway. I eat these foods. I'm, I'm a realist type person. I'm not, I'm not the type of person that eats super clean all the time. I can't. I, it bores me. I don't enjoy it. I have, a, like we said earlier, I have a good 80 20. Even, probably not even that now, Roger, because I've got, I've got Willow, she's six year old. If I want to go out for a burger with Willow, I want to go out for a burger. If I want to go to the cinema and have popcorn, we have popcorn, and so on and so forth. So you have to be real. You have to take the realism from with that person and think they're always going to enjoy those types of foods. So don't ever take them away. Just slowly moderate them and include them into the diet that, 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 that they can have, rather than just fully taking it away. Because you hit the nail on the head. Six weeks later, eight weeks later, they reform back to type and they stop going gym and they're eating bad again because it gives them a great mental satisfaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Having paid somebody an awful lot of money for a plan. Yeah, and that's another. That's a, that, that's a whole other podcast where we can do what is a good PT. You know, a good PT eventually is somebody that learns you, learns you a bit of a craft and a trade, and you do it himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, before we move on, and you you did mention it earlier, I just wanted you to explain a little bit more because it's it's quite vogue about your experience with ketosis diet. Uh, yeah, I've done it a few times and done it really well. Um, it gets you into great, great shape, great, fantastic condition. Maybe not as big and as full as you would be uh, with a traditional probably lower in your camp diet. However, fantastic condition, fantastic shape. And once you're in full ketosis, you do actually feel brilliant, really good. It's just actually getting into ketosis is quite difficult. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a hard couple of weeks. <laughs> so, as we know, we thought we put some other people on it as well, that way as clients and stuff. So, yeah, it's, 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 we know it's tricky to do it again and again. We have going back to you've got to look at your own lifestyle, have you got kids, what type of work to do. Absolutely, yeah. It's 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 a tough journey. Um, it is, and for people that are not not familiar what what maybe keto is, it's just it's just moderate protein, high fat, and virtually no carbohydrates. You're allowed up to forty grams of carbohydrates a day, mostly from leafy veg, green vegetables, and things like that. Um, you're looking towards your healthy fats, so salmons and mackerels, and then your steaks and your nuts and some eggs and stuff like that. Um, it's where you get your predominant. Uh,
a study of 200 people, they all eat red meat, and 20% of those people got cancer or, or get cancer, or it's because of the red meat. Now, what they also don't tell you about these people is how many of those people actually did exercise or didn't? How many of those people actually smoked or didn't smoke? How many of those people ate a balanced diet along with the red meat, green vegetables, other grains, blah, blah, blah? How many of those people did, did lots of other variable things, smoking and whatever? Um, it doesn't even tell you that. It doesn't even tell you anything. It just tells you about the red meat. So studies out there are so, so, so flawed. That's why it's great for people to go out and educate themselves in it and actually maybe try it because ketogenic diets uh, can sometimes be for people who have epilepsy or a skin condition or something like that. So they are there for a reason as well. Yeah. Yeah, I felt great on it, mate. I did. I did. But for me personally, it's not a sustainable all year round thing because I enjoy eating carbohydrates. Absolutely. I enjoy eating other things. So, but for a great 12 week, uh, for, you know, for a 12 week just to see how I looked, how I feel, I did actually feel really good and look really good, to be honest. So, it's really. It's really similar to what a bodybuilder would do pre-contest. Four or five weeks out, you know, you massively reduce your carbohydrate carbohydrate intake down just to that fine point of just using vegetables and you're eating fish, you're eating meat. You feel incredible. It's hard work, but you do feel amazing. Yeah, I mean, what people have got to remember is the key to it. You're still having a hell of a lot of calories because there's nine calories fat and nine calories in the gram of fat. So you're still having a high amount of calories. It's just how the body works on the ketones mm. instead. Um, that, that, that's the different aspect. It's you're still having a lot of food and, and when you get into ketosis, you are full. Yes. You feel full, you don't feel hungry. For sure. So when people are not having carbs, I'm going to feel hungry. No, no, no. Once your body's into ketosis and working up those ketones, you don't, you don't get hungry because you're still applying calories in and it's working different. So... Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm an advocate of that. I'm, I'm an advocate, Roger, of all different types of eating, eating philosophies, if that's what you call it. I don't like to say diets, but eating strategies, should we say. Mm. Uh, I'm a fan of them all because they all work, but some work better than others on every type of person. So you've got to, you've got to try it. Here's, here's an interesting one, um, and there's, there's a lot of uh, research studies been done behind this one. I think it's important for people to really understand their relationship with food. Um, their daily dietary intake and to, to, to really put that out graphically in front of you. So one of, the, one of the things I get a lot of clients to do is to do a diet diary for, for a complete week. So it includes a weekend, it includes Saturday night, it includes... Everything you shove in your head, be it, be it uh, a solid or a liquid, write it down, write it down, and write it down at the time you do it. Try not to consciously change your choice difference because I'm asking you to write it down. So there was a research project undertaken in the United States with 500, 500 people in the, in the research program. Um, 250 were given a very specific diet regime to follow. And there were there were some variations to that diet regime. And the other 250 were just asked to keep a diet diary for four weeks. And what they found was the people that, the half that kept the diet diary uh, lost considerably more fat mass than the half that were put on various diet strategies. 
And the simple reason for that is you start to self-monitor. Because you're writing it down, it's, it's graphic in front of you, so you start to become your own monitor. Absolutely. The, the Eureka moment strikes them think, wow, I am eating a lot of food here and a lot of junk and a lot of whatever and a lot of this stuff. This self regulate. Yeah, and snacking, snacking very often is a subconscious thing. Um, you don't realise you've picked a biscuit up. You don't realise that when you're cooking the kids' dinner, you've picked something up out of the fridge yourself. So this this constant grazing aspect of your daily nutrition. And some people say, well, I only eat three meals a day. But it's all the... <laughs> It's all the crap they're in between it, eating in between that they don't realise they're eating. Absolutely, yeah, hundred <clears throat> uh, percent. Let's give people a, a little bit of a, um, a, a direction, maybe to take. And you touched on it earlier. I think it's a really, really simple but effective strategy. And this is this the concept of one step at a time. So, do your diet diary. Look at where a, one consistent floor is. Not necessarily every day, but maybe every second day where you think, I'm really regular with a bag of crisps, I'm really regular with a high-fat yogurt or whatever. And just pick one thing in your week to change and then see the effect of that change over four weeks. Um, and you'll be quite surprised what happens. Would you think? So some, I'll give you a classic example. Somebody I know uh, very, very closely uh, just has taken a, a conscious decision over the last four weeks to stop eating bread. Now, this person wouldn't have a huge bread intake. I'm not talking, um, you know, eating a loaf of bread a day themselves, but just by cutting out that slice of bread at night or that couple of slices of toast in the morning, and this particular person has lost four pounds in four weeks. 
and that's the only thing this person has changed. Um, yeah, and that's the other reason, and that's the other thing. Going back again earlier, what where people need to understand that the, not just the relationship with food, but what food actually does to the body or to their body. Now, again, again, I I look at I don't have any problem with any type of food group. That's with grains, with milk. I don't have a lactose problem with full fat milk. I, bread, I'm fine with bread, I'm really lucky, I don't have a problem with anything, so I can eat everything, but that doesn't apply to everybody, bread, bread being a big part of some people, that it does give them the blow, it does give them the stomach, they're a bit blue, whatever, and there's loads of different reasons, but I also don't think people, this is where the food diary comes in, realise how much bread they're eating, this, yeah. oh, a couple of slices quick in the morning, ground a sandwich, then they're having the tea at night, mocking it with a slice of bread. That's five slices of bread. Again, there's nothing wrong with bread. There is nothing wrong with it if you're fine with it. But five, five or six slices a day on top of a bag of crisps, on top of a chocolate bar, on top of a, you know, all these things add up, don't they? So by your, your guy making a con- conscious effort not to have that, that's obviously clearly been mounted up calorie-wise through the day. So Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's just, it was actually a lady, I think it was just a realisation that feeling a little bit bloated, wanted to change that whole self-feeling kind of concept, and bread's a really good one to try and make a small adaption to very quickly, and, and quite clearly it's worked. The other, the other one, of course, mate, the other one, of course, would be the um, wine o'clock, the old glass of wine. reflect that back to the 80-20 rule that we first spoke about why by saying look if you want a couple of glasses of wine on a Saturday night that's okay but then on a Sunday morning go for a brisk walk get out there you know do a little bit of light cardio Yeah, for so, sure. Yeah, yeah, therefore, yeah. Yeah, therefore, the issue why you're getting fat or you're feeling groggy or, you know, I like a drink or a drink on a Saturday night or a Sunday or I don't, I've never drunk through the week. I, I just don't, I just don't enjoy doing that. Um, I think purely because as well, work but also training. I, I think, why, why would I train so hard then to go and have three pints on the night? I've just completely screwed up everything I've done. So that's, that's, been in, in my head for a long time um, but people do enjoy a glass of wine at night and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that as long as it's not impacting on anything yes. if it is then you've got to change it yeah for sure yeah 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 just 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 I said earlier straight around the beginning of this podcast Roger it isn't rocket science it isn't but people make it rocket science but, but I think people look for a get out class well I only have one glass of wine I'll not have um, I'll not have my breakfast <laughs> they're looking for something, they're looking at, you know, to, to take the blame from something because they, they know it's that, but they don't want to think, believe it's that, if that makes sense. 
Yes, yes, that denial. Um, just to give people, just to give people some uh, kind of relevance in terms of because people like numbers, uh, and I was thinking about this over the week when we were when we were planning the podcast last week, um, and and that's energy output when you train, and and one of the things obviously you can do is to train harder to burn more calories, but just so as you've got a realistic kind of picture of of what calories you do burn when you train, over the last couple of weeks I've been wearing. Uh, a really, really accurate heart rate monitor while I've been working out. So I can give you a few stats. So if I train a classic kind of chest and arms type session in the gym, I'm going heavy, I need a little bit more rest because I'm pushing extra weight. So rather than training at a serious pace, I'm having to slow things down to handle the weight. In that, in that kind of 55, 60 minutes, I would burn between 450 and 500 calories. Now, if I do a push-pull session, which is much more consistent work, chest and back, chest and back, chest and back, working through, very little rest, still good load, a little bit more volume, um, I actually burn an average of 650 calories, so more calories. Um, yeah. If I'm on the road bike, if I'm on the road bike, I burn over, if I cycle for an hour, and I'm quite into my road bike at the minute, I average 550 calories an hour. So that's actually less than doing a push-pull session. But yeah. but if I do a boxing class for 60 minutes, which is heavy bag, pads, speed work, agility work, I burn between 700 and 800 calories in that hour. So quite a, dra- yeah. quite a dramatic oh, calorie count yeah. difference. Oh, yeah, a lot of calories. That's a lot of calories getting burned that you need to replenish, definitely, yeah. And I just add to that as well, um, what people think don't realise is, if you are doing CV work, so we'll call it cardio work, so you're running, biking, boxing, etc., you are getting a direct calorie burn. So what you burn then is what you burn for the hour. When you do weight, a weight-based session, what you just talked about, push-pull or heavy chest back, whatever, you're getting a calorie burn through the entire day. That will help your metabolism for the rest of the day because your body is then trying to repair recover itself, grow your CNS, CNS, your central nervous system, everything's being attacked and your body's then trying to recover that for the whole day, 24 to 48 hours, so you will get a steady increase in your metabolism and a burn throughout the day. So both are great benefits, but that's why it's great for people who are trying to be consistent to use weights as well, really Figure, figure out how you do that. You know, anyone with a personal trainer, if need be, because you will get a more, a more consistent burn and a calorie output from that. This is the point that we that between Paul and myself we were working on for for information for people out there. If you go if you go for a run, you burn a ton of calories. That's great. You've had a nice little workout. But if you look at runners over time, their physiques don't change. Why? Because they're not getting that metabolic kick. That in some, you know, by adding a weight session during the week will add to that overall physical output. So to do a blend of cardio and a blend of, not necessarily heavy lifting, but you know, gym-based conditioning exercise, the, the blend of the two allows your physique to adapt and change. So as a as a And, and going to get fitter as well. But don't forget somebody that's never really been in a gym before 
the staff, the staff having any weight-based session, whatever they do, whether that's a circuit session, whether that's a brushing a pull, whether that's whatever, it will all work because they've never done it before. So it, it's, it's heavy for the body anyway, it's taxing because they've never done it. So the world will change so much if it be consistent with it. That's all they need to be consistent with it. So let, let's let's put um, let's put a, a, a kind of uh, capture all kind of comment on the end of it as to what we've discussed because we're you know obviously with a podcast we're tight for time. So um, diet diary, maybe change yeah, once, once you've done your diet diary. Look at the number one big hitter that's causing you a problem and see if you can reduce it. Not necessarily eradicate it, but see if you can reduce it. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it, dieting is not quite as simple as calories in, calories out. There's a, we're going to do another podcast about food timing. And if you really want to change your physique, how the timing of your food over the day around your training session can dramatically accelerate the result of your training performance. But in- Yeah, but I think, I think as well what you were saying, the, the food diary is brilliant because what it also does is as well, Yeah, absolutely. And, and let, let's not forget, you know, the, te- the technology is there now where you can very easily monitor. I, I wear a, a wristwatch, which does all the calorie monitoring. You put all your specification into it and it's monitoring your heart rate over the day. It monitors your heart rate while you sleep. It calculates the amount of calories reasonably accurately. Yeah. And that, yeah, you know... It's so easy to do nowadays. Where was, where was, where was, where was, we have to write it down on a pen and paper. We have to physically go and find the calories for the food looking books. Yeah, absolutely. Mate, your, your, your knowledge is encyclopedic. We're going to just do a little look forward to podcast number two or part two of, of this podcast series that we're going to do. And, you know, the thing that we both love to do is to train and to train hard. So in part two of this block, we're going to discuss different training ideas, different training strategies. Hopefully today we've, we've maybe given you an insight into how to look at your current nutrition where you're at making small changes for bit for big outcomes um so we're going to look off the back of that and say okay now you've got a rough idea where your food is at where does your training need to go so we're going to look at trying to match your diet strategy with your training strategy um we you know on behalf of the both both of us i genuinely hope you like the 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 direction that this is taking and where we're going to go with it um Mate, as always, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Your knowledge is encyclopedic. I love having these conversations, and we're going to do this very soon. And uh, we'll look forward to how this season, uh, this series unfolds. Brilliant, mate. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me on. I really enjoyed it, and I uh, look forward to the next installment.